Asalaamu Alaikum sisters, it's Shahida here and today we have a lovely sister from UK, um, Sister Azra and she's going to share her story with us so I'm really excited to welcome her on. So Asalaamu Alaikum Azra. Asalaamu Alaikum Thank you so much for coming on here Azra. Um, so what I would like, do you know what, I'm going to go straight into your story because I think you have a lot to say and um do you want to tell the audience first what's your main reason for coming on here that might be a good idea first um main reason i would say is i i strongly believe we all have a story to tell we've all gone through different things in life and i think each one of our you know experiences just can help somebody else and i think what i've gone through I think you know, it can help somebody else, another sister, because I know there's so many sisters that, mm. you know, they go through all, especially when it comes to marriage. And in my case, being such a young person and having to go through what I did, I feel like I've learned so much from my own story that I felt, you know what, there's so many sisters out there that can learn something. And a lot of the things that happen can knock your confidence, can knock you down right to the bottom. And I found a way to get up and I want to use that to Amazing. help someone else. Oh, I'm so, so yeah. excited to hear your story. So Azra, I'm going to leave it to you, hon. And um, right. yeah, I'm very tuned in. Well, um, I got married when I was 18. Um, and my whole marriage process, it was quite, I'd say, quite simple. And everything that I went through, getting to know him I got to know him for about a month and everything was kind of like from face value like they seemed very practicing they seemed you know like the but like you couldn't find a fault in them and it was from face value that me my family we kind of thought you know that this is the person this is the guy this is the family you know and so yeah after um a month of getting to know him, I got married uh, December 2018. And then I moved um, moved in with him and, you know, everything just seemed fine. It seemed perfect. And then I fell pregnant with my daughter who's now nine months. Um, so, yeah, everything would just seem perfect. You know that, you know, that teenage kind of dream. Mm -hmm. Mm. of a Muslim teenage girl especially living in the society we're living in you know you have that dream like yeah this is the way I want it and for me that's the way it went for me everything I planned it went the way it went that way exactly um so in my mind nothing that was to come afterwards I would have ever expected because the way it was going it was just like this is it Allah gave me exactly what I asked for so in my mind, you know, there's not a shadow of a doubt that this, this, this would happen to me. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, I moved in and then everything seemed fine, like I was saying. Um, and there was little things that I started noticing. Obviously, I noticed these things are red flag after I got divorced. But at the time, obviously being pregnant, you know, your emotions are all over the place, your hormones are all over the place. Um, so this kind of control from him and his family was out of this world. But at the time I was, you know, 
in my mind, it was like, okay, so this is how it's supposed to be. This is what I kind of signed up for. So you know what, just deal with it. It'll be, it'll get better. And that's one thing that stuck in my mind. It will get better. It will get better. Um. So anyway, if we get into more of what actually happened, um. My pregnancy was quite tough, very tough. Me being so young and me having to deal with it, it was very difficult. And then being so far away from my family was the hardest part, was trying to fit in and trying to, you know, really fit in and try and adapt to the whole family. And um, I did everything they asked me to do, everything, from cooking to cleaning to go here, go here, you can't speak to them right now, you can't speak to your family, you can't this, you can't this. I was like, okay, cool, that's fine, I'll do it, I'll do it. And only after I came into this family, I realized what type of people they are. And I slowly, slowly realized that these people are hiding behind Islam and using the religion to justify their evil actions. And obviously, like I was saying, I'm married through face value. I'm married, like, just like the Prophet said, you can only judge someone from the apparent. Um, so yeah, based on that, it was only after I was in the family that I realized what have I got myself into. And what I really did get myself into was a very narcissistic, controlling marriage. And my ex-husband, he kind of allowed all of this abuse to happen to me. And a lot of people, um, they don't really take what happened to me as something so serious because it was emotional abuse. But mm. what it does to your mind and what it does to you mentally you know, I, can't, I don't know how to explain it. It's really hard. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Uh, a lot of what I went through was controlled. Like, I couldn't be myself. Mm. Everything was kind of the way everyone around me, that family wanted it to be. And again, in having the mindset that it will get better, it will get better is what got through, got allowed me to get through every day. Um, so yeah, and like when I was saying controlling, it's like I had to go to their house every single day. And if I didn't go, it'd be a problem. My husband would, would be moody with me. My ex-husband, mm -hmm. sorry, he'd be moody. He'd be, mm -hmm. you know, it's because, I don't know, the type of connection he had with his family, I never wanted to come in the way of that. Mm -hmm. But it was more of, I don't know, I never, I never, I never came first. Like a wife should come first. I was never a priority. It was always me at the bottom of the list. And again, I never wanted to come in between his relationship with his family. But I feel like he never understood um, the value of a wife. And him mistreating me, I had to accept it, and mm -hmm. I have to. I had to just kind of like live with it and. It was so many things like I don't know where to start. Where his family's intervention just just ruined everything. <laughs> it's just 
yeah um do you know what sister um <laughs> i totally get everything that you say i literally do because that's i feel like majority of our sisters on our group have got narcissistic ex or narcissistic family Tell it's, it's family. like it's like a it's like a, there's so many of them out there <laughs> there is it's so many out there. it's crazy it's absolutely crazy and i thought there was only one but clearly there's loads out there and um there's so many there is so many and it's you know what no like i really feel for you when you said that he didn't they he allowed it to happen yeah the fact that he allowed it to happen mm. was it's just as worse as the one who's doing the abuse yeah Do you know what yeah. i mean it's it doesn't you know his justification mm. was you know it doesn't him not him staying silent and that in itself is the abuse mm, absolutely and not him standing up yeah. for how i feel like my feelings mm. never you know it, it didn't matter mm. and like i used to think to myself like i'm carrying your child mm. like did not did that not matter you know i'm yeah. carrying her for 9 months for her to be in this world and did that at least not matter <laughs> so you know um the main issue with my marriage was his mother's involvement his brother's involvement and his sister-in-law's involvement mm. and they had some type of they felt some type of way like they had the authority to kind of dictate my life and mm. my life with their brother and it's kind of like our way or no way you mm-hmm. listen to us or and again bearing in mind i was only 18 uh, 18 years old and they felt that you know she's young is she's easy to manipulate and fast forwarding in september 2019 is when i had my daughter sara and i thought you know our daughter's here it's mm. going to get better you know it's go- it's going to get better cuz what's more joyous than having a child and mm. welcoming her to the world and that's when everything just went downhill <laughs> and when i think about it now i just think why did i allow myself to go through all that why did i not speak up why did i not stand up for myself but obviously at the time I was in a very vulnerable situation where I've just had my baby and I'm healing from just giving birth. But yet again, his family and him as well, they used that to their advantage to control me. Um and just after I gave birth was when his brother's wife was pregnant and she was ready to have her child too. So they were like you need to do this for her you need to do this for her you've just had your baby and you've had a natural birth so which means you have no mm. you know you're perfectly fine now and bearing in mind i was 3 weeks in after giving birth to my baby and whatever happened was quite petty if i right now if i think about it um it was overcooking literally mm. overcooking <laughs> and it always starts like, in the kitchen doesn't it it always, <laughs> it always starts yeah, in the kitchen especially with yeah. culture with mm. with having their background mm. it just start from the kitchen yeah and i did they wanted me to cook for them 
two days in the week. And I was like, okay, fine. I had sleepless nights. I was still barely walking. I could barely walk. Um, but yeah, I was holding my baby in my arms and doing exactly what they wanted me to do. And I had so much patience as if I tell you how much patience I had from the day I got married to the day I got divorced. The amount of patience I had, sis, I can't even explain to you. But I kept it in. I kept it in a bottle, bottled it in. I didn't even tell my family what mm-hmm. I was going through. Like a lot of details they did not know. Mm. And at one point I was like, you know what? I can't do it anymore. It's too much for me. I can't. And all I did was I spoke to him and I told him, I can't do it. I need to rest. I can't go over every day. I need to rest. I haven't slept. I haven't had a good night's sleep in so long. Please tell your mom. Please tell your brother and your sister-in-law. I can't do it. And as politely as I'm saying it now is how he said it to them. Mm. And he told me, send, her, send, mom, send his mom a message and explain to her how you're feeling, explain to her what you're going through. And I did. And from that day, everything just went sideways. And she was like, you don't understand family. You're breaking up my family. You don't understand, you know, and I'm, she was so hurt by this. And again, a lot of guilty trapping was involved from the beginning. Mm. And obviously, I had become so used to their guilty trap that at that very moment, I was feeling so guilty. I was thinking to myself, what have I done now? Am I really breaking up the family? Am I really dividing them? And then again, I stood my ground. I said, I can't do it. I really can't do it. It's too much for me. All I'm asking is for freedom for my own marriage. I want some freedom. And I want to rest. I really just want to rest. And I sent, I sent her a, um, a lecture from a well-known sheikh about this issue because it's very common, mm. you know, in-laws and their daughter-in-laws. It's a very common issue. And mm. it was addressed by the sheikh. And I sent it to her and I told her, Islamically, she does not have a right over me. My husband has a right. Mm. My father has a right, but not my mother-in-law. She cannot tell me I can't do this or I must do this. And again, I was very polite. I said to her, give me a break. And then once I'm back on my feet, then I'll get back to it again. But then, and then she sent my my ex-husband a message saying, I want nothing to do with her. Um, Don't talk to me. Don't come to the house. And then when I, when I messaged her saying, saying, you don't have a right over me, but I will do my very best. And I won't, I'm not here to make you unhappy. I'm not here to fight with you. I'm just telling you how I feel. Mm. And that's it. And then my ex-husband's brother, his sister-in-law came banging on my door in my house. And keeping in mind, my daughter's eight weeks old. Mm. And they came banging on my door. And at this point, uh, my husband is like wailing in the house. He's crying. And he's like, he's telling himself, why did I get married? Why have I brought so much sadness to, my, to himself? 
Oh. And then he opened the door to his brother and his sister-in-law. Mm. And he's tell he's th- this is his um eldest brother and he's telling him how can you allow this woman to disrespect our mother, the mother who raised you, the mother who brought you into this world. And I was there thinking, what have I done? What did I do? That's making him say this. And he was just literally standing on the top of the stairs and crying. And all that all that man did was trash talk my family. And he was saying, if it wasn't for his mother, I wouldn't have given birth. And all of that stuff, you know, all the all the harsh and so mean stuff. And he didn't stand up for me. My ex-husband did not stand up for me. He just literally stood there. And he's allowed his brother and his brother's wife and sister into into our home. Allowed them to scream at the top of their lungs, knowing there's a little baby in the house. No one was phased by it. No one was phased. Um, and then after they did their talking, he took my husband, well, my ex-husband into her room and he was asking him, is she, the, is she really the woman you married? And this, so my ex-husband's brother, right, he's, he's um, supposedly a person of knowledge who's studying living and someone who is so-called reputed in the community. And when I was saying at the beginning about face value, never take face value as the first impression of someone. And this man is the same man who talks about women's honor, our sisters and honoring our sisters is the same man who came to my door, dishonored me and my family, was the same man who came to split me and me and his brother. And that was his intention because the things that he was saying, like, for example, one of the things he was saying, he goes to, I told I was yelling at the top of my voice. I said, because, because my own husband at the time was not speaking for me. I had to speak for myself. Mm-hmm. I had to speak for my daughter. And I was saying, who are you to come into my house? I should and shouldn't do. And he goes to me, your home isn't here. Your home is back where you, where I'm from. So where Birmingham is where I live. And when he said that, I was like, his intention right there was to split us. And when I talk about deception, deception is something very broad. Me and my family were so, were so deceived by these people. His wife wears niqab. And again, niqab is a beautiful thing, a very beautiful thing. But we find that there are people out there that use the beard, mm. that use the niqab to cover up the things they do behind closed mm-hmm. doors. Mm. And once, once this person has become a person of the community, knowing what happens behind closed doors also becomes the business of the community because what, are they, what they're doing from the inside is harming young sisters and I later find out that I'm not the only victim from this family there are so many other sisters who are married into this family 
and have now become victims of these people. And yeah, and then that very night that everything happened, my husband at the time, he told me, you need to go to your parents because this is not going to be solved while you are here. You need to go until he solves this. So that night, it was, I think, midnight, and my mum and my brother came to get me. And my mum went to see him because he didn't, he couldn't face my mum, my mom couldn't mm. face my brother. And he told my, he told my mum, I love Azra. I love Sarah. I would never leave her. I would never divorce her. And he left, I promise, oh. with her and left. It was only two hours and I got to my house and the whole two hours I did nothing but cry, holding my daughter in my arms. The next morning, I woke up, I couldn't sleep the whole night and he messaged me, he's like, how's the baby? I was like, she's fine, she's cool. She's resting, she's growing every day. And I said to him, come see her. Please come see her. She's yours at the end of the day, no one else's. And he said, yeah, I'll come, I'll come. And then, um, um, we were trying to solve his family broke we're trying to find a solution and again like I was saying he's a narcissist he was like you disrespected my mom you did this you did that how can I forgive you for doing that and I was sitting there listening to him and saying if you didn't do anything for me the least you could do was defend me and speak for me when I had no one. You couldn't do that for me, but you're putting all the blame after everything I kept in for so long. And yet he has the audacity to blame me and hold me accountable for his family's actions. And all he did was hang up the phone with me. That's all he did. And there were so many things I never revealed to my family about what I saw and what I heard and what I went through while I was living there for 11 months. And again, like I was saying about deception and face value, when you see these people, you would never think mm-hmm. There's people are womanizers. This family are womanizers. The men in the family are womanizers. You'd never think one ill thing of these people ever. Mm. But until you're someone who lived with them or you're someone who was part of the family, you will not see it. And this person, my ex-husband's brother, is the main reason, him and his wife, with the poison in our marriage 
and um certain things i told my my ex-husband obviously husband at the time about my past and the things i went through and how it's made me a better and stronger person and these things is gone again these things were supposed to stay between husband and wife mm. but he's gone and told everyone on the block everyone from uncles to aunties to grandma to grandpa to everyone and then i'm getting malicious messages from everyone and i i can't even i don't want to even read the things they've said and these are the people that are claiming to be following the quran and the sunnah mm. so yeah during this very difficult time i'm getting messages from god knows who um um not only me my mom my dad my brother everybody and i'm an asylum seeker in this country i have no family here i don't have my uncles i don't have my granddad i have no one here and they know that they know that our family is vulnerable and these type of people prey on the vulnerable you know um but anyway so once he revealed things that were confidential between me and him that's when i thought how can i ever trust him how could i ever trust him and mm. sorry there's one thing i'd also like to mention mm. is that i find out later on but obviously through um, through my marriage time that him and his brother they share each other's wives intimacy what they share it with each other oh my gosh and when he told me this i was i asked him are you okay are you seriously telling me this and he was saying me and my brother are close like that and i was like huh? are you for real are you for real but you see i was pregnant at the time four mm. months pregnant when he told me this and please tell me what I was supposed to do then mm. i was in such a vulnerable situation and i'm there thinking what the hell have i got myself into but you see a lot of things a lot of things i've let slide one after the other after the other even after i gave birth mm. and then do you know what i just felt like they crossed my line and then again so i've come to my family and i'm trying i'm trying my very best to solve to to resolve this whole marriage because i'm thinking of my daughter mm. she's 8 weeks old how what type of environment is she going to grow into she needs her father there because me as an 18 year old if you rewind to 2018 i never never thought i'd be where i am where i have a child i have a child i'm 19 right now and wow. i have a child i never i never think i'd be here mm. and yeah so it was in december december 11th that he messages me and he says to me and bearing in mind through this whole time he never once never once came to see father 
never once came to see her. And on December 11th, 2019, he sends me a message and he tells me, enough has been said and enough damage has been done. We need to go our own ways. So I divorce you. Uh-huh. And I think I was away from him for three weeks. So I was with my family for three weeks and mm. my family were my biggest support. And my parent, my family are not cultural at all. Mm. And they were telling me, my, especially my dad, he was telling me he's not good for you. He's done nothing but damage you. He's done nothing but knock you down. His family has done nothing but knock you down. He's brought no, no goodness into your life. He's not good for you. So I think it was a day before he divorced me, I already made up my mind saying, Khalas, I'm done. I can't anymore. Because I'll tell you right now, sis, if I was married to him still, I would be pregnant again mm. with another child. And what these people do is they give you kids, they impregnate you, here mm. you go, kids, kids, kids. Mm. And how, how, can you imagine? I don't know how I do it. Just say if I have four, three, four kids, mm. how am I going to get out? How? And I made up my mind. I was like, khalas, I'm done. And whatever I went through, I was telling myself, Allah has made me want to go through these things for a reason. Everything's for a reason. And subhanAllah, that, that very next day, he t- sends me a message. You're divorced. I was like, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, I'm free. And I know Allah will find a way, will find a way for me to get through it. And it was obviously this type of thing, especially when you're someone who was very genuine in the whole marriage, it's going to hurt. And it hurt me a lot. It scarred me till today. Um, But one thing I'd say is all you need is Allah. Allah Mm -hmm. will never leave you. He'll never Mm -hmm. leave you. And I only realized that after the pain I went through. Mm -hmm. That all I needed was Allah. And... I think the biggest thing that really affected me was I loved him a lot. I loved him with everything I had. And he was my confidence. He was literally my everything. And when he left me, I realized that I didn't know who I was. Mm. If you were to ask me at that time to define myself, I didn't know how to. Because being married to him, that's where I found my confidence. That's where I found worth in myself. Mm. And when I when he divorced me was when I was like, hold on a minute, who am I? If Sarah was to grow up and ask me, mommy, what made you this strong? What am I going to tell her? Why did you and daddy get divorced? What am I going to tell her? You know, and it takes a lot of time to heal. Till today, I shed tears Mm. in pain. But again, 
it's not the end of the world. Being divorced shouldn't be something that defines your marital status, shouldn't be something that defines you. Mm. Every single sister, every single brother is their own person, married or not married. And through everything I've been through, I found myself and I found who I was and who I, who I can be. And I found my worth. And I realized that my marriage was a massive lesson. My marriage was, it was abuse and a lot of abuse. Mm. But, it, you know, as they say, sometimes it takes an abusive man to realize or to cherish a good man. So um, through my whole journey, it hasn't been long. It's very, it's, it's very recent. Mm. But, you know, I've become such a confident person, an affectionate person, and I'm watching my daughter grow up every day. And now she's nine months old, and alhamdulillah, I can tell you with so much confidence that the divorce was the best thing that happened to me. It taught me so much. And the sisters out there, do not ever, ever feel that a man should define who you are. Because men can come and go, mm. and they will come and go. Mm. But you shouldn't lose yourself. You need to find happiness within yourself. Mm. 100%. Because if you don't find happiness within yourself, you're going to feel, you're going to feel like a piece of you is gone. Mm. When a man is in your life or he is part of your life, he should add to your happiness. He shouldn't be your happiness. Mm. And that's the biggest thing. And another thing is, I don't know if you know Naima B. Roberts, she's a writer. And one thing she said that stuck with me was, as a sister, you need to have high standards. Mm. You don't need to bend backwards for anyone. Mm. You need to have your own standards. And a brother with that standard or higher will find you. 100%. You do not need... I bent backwards for this mm. man. I did everything. My health was deteriorating. My parents could not recognize me. That is how much I went through. Mm. And they say... You know, some people say, you know, it's not as bad as domestic violence or being physically harmed. Mm. But tell, I'm telling you now, it is just as worse. It is I just think, as evil. Oh my gosh, it, the scars are so much deeper. It's just because you can't yeah, see them see on the them. outside. Yeah. Exactly. Just because you can't see them, it doesn't mean that I'm not bruised and I'm not broken. I agree with this, 100%. So, you know, yeah. It's. it's and it's not something that you can just, you know, okay, overnight you'll get over it. Mm. You'll heal, you know. It's mm. a long process. Mm. Um, yeah. So, that's, that's amazing. That's you know I just can't believe how much you went through. Like, you're so young. You're like, are you 19 now? I'm 19 now. Yeah. I was 18 when this all happened. You had a baby. Yeah, you were a baby having a baby. Yeah, I get that a lot. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, and you went yeah. through all this, and look how confident you are. You're talking to, you are sharing your story with us today. 
and look how far you've come sis do you know what i mean like, yeah i mean oh, and you found a love is, i did yeah i did and that's my biggest accomplishment mm. and with everything that's happened him and his family never wanted me to stand up no. never wanted me to grow they mm. wanted me they stepped on me and they're like stay down don't get up stay down mm. you're trash stay down but what did allah do he elevated me because i know i didn't wrong a single person in that family but mm. they wronged me yeah so allah elevating me is a sign itself that allah loves me allah loves me mm. and not just me all the sisters out there who have been broken by another human being i'm telling you now allah won't let it slide allah sees it allah hears it and he won't let it go whether in this world or the next you will get your justice mm. you will 100% and keep making dua yeah. keep making dua that's one thing pray 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 yes keep praying yes, because that's your weapon that is your weapon even mm. though i can't physically do anything to get revenge i can't and i won't you don't need revenge says that's not our job allah is it allah is sort that allah it's not our them. job exactly no. it's not our job no allah is watching yeah and this is what gets me through every day and the fact that i'm growing and i'm seeing success every day of my mm. life and if this isn't a sign from allah that he loves me then i don't know what is mm. because i've never been happier with myself alhamdulillah than i am now and you know what i've noticed so, that we all lose ourselves when we get when we get married and we we give everything and we have children mm. we lose who we are exactly and we give and we give and we give because we're trying to get the best bow award best daughter-in-law award or best husband uh, wife award yeah and what literally we are literally not doing any justice to ourselves exactly and i found that get closer getting closer to allah is the only allah is the only person that's going to have your back nobody else exactly no one no like, human will ever no human will ever and when you find allah you build that connection with allah i'm telling you when you're when you blindly trust in allah he's yeah. miracles that have start happening i honestly believe that it. and i've seen it yeah never in my life i've felt this way than yeah. i have gone through everything and where i am now i could never imagine it and you just sit so i just sit sometimes and think subhanallah how far i've come mm. and allah's always been there allah saw my pain allah saw my heartache and every day i'm telling you every single day i wake up with a smile i wake up seeing my daughter smile oh my gosh alhamdulillah you know what i feel the same and, way as well. you know a mother it's a mother from a mother to a mother mm. they never understand mm. do you understand only the only the women who have had their children will understand the mm. happiness of seeing their children smile every day mm. seeing them laugh seeing them happy it's just priceless i still um, can't believe how much you've done with a baby do you know i'm you're so like it's you are such a strong woman 
I was all over the place when I had my children. Do you know what I mean? I was like literally trying to just get through another day. And mm. you're, you've been through all this torture and all this pain. And I just find yeah. you so inspirational. I really do. Like, I still have so much to learn myself. And, and you're 19. Like, Can you imagine <laughs> I don't know, what yeah. you're going to do in this world? Like, you are going to change the, this world. I can just see it. Like, you are 19 mm. years old and you've, just, you've you found Allah and you found yeah. yourself. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. And the thing is, with everything, they still decided not to leave me alone. They've taken me to court now. Wow. And I was just thinking, after all the pain you caused me, you're going to put another hurdle in my way. I was like, fine, khair, Allah will that for me. Yeah. And I'm telling you now, sis, they have not succeeded in one sense mm. when it comes to court. Because they have lied and they have yeah. deceived the whole process. And not only the process, but me. They mm. have wronged me. Yeah. And that in itself, Allah showing me that success is just crazy. Do you know what? Just Allah's got your back. Don't worry about court. Don't worry about court at all. Let them do what they want to do. It's fine. Yeah? <laughs> Bring it on. Yeah, exactly. Allah's got your back. Exactly. Yeah. And when you Bring do it. things, yeah, when you do things from a position of love and truth and honesty, I'm telling you, does nothing else matters. The truth always comes out anyway. And exactly. Allah's got your back and Allah works in mysterious ways. He really does. And, yeah. and it's, having that faith that no matter what, I'm going to be okay. Yeah. And know it to your and, core that yes. you're going to be fine. And it's just, and even that belief, having that belief without a single doubt. Yeah. is just belief to a next level. It's like you put in your full trust, your full trust and not depending on anyone but yeah. Allah. And trust me, you'll see changes. I've seen it with my own eyes, in my own life. Yeah. And one thing I have to say is for those sisters out there, like I've, I've read so many stories on the group of mm. sisters who mm. have gone through worse than me. Yeah. And I'm telling you, you have a strength inside you. You have it in you. You just got to ignite it. You got to just take 100%. day at a time. And ponder upon the blessings you have every day and trust me you'll get through it it's not the end of the world to be no. divorced and it's not shameful to be someone who's divorced no 100 percent. it's so not. inspirational as well what <laughs> one advice you could give to our sisters based on your journey that you've had um one li one um, one thing that you've learned one thing i've learned and also bear in mind there's a lot of girls out there and sisters out there who are looking to remarry they're right. looking to remarry. They're looking for um, finding a, a husband and who's mm -hmm. probably got the children. And I'm sure one day you're going to be in that position as well. And Yeah. Like, well, what I can say mm. is that, obviously speaking from my own, you know, experience, mm. is that I felt I didn't give enough time to get to know him, mm. to see a lot of things. Yeah. And... When it comes to marrying or remarrying, whatever it is, you need to give time and everything literally has to be on the tables. Mm. Everything has to be open and you need to give time to get to know that person yeah. because especially now that there are, if there are children involved, you need mm. to know for yourself as a peace mm. of mind, will that person 
treat my children mm-hmm. like his own. And one thing, like I said at the beginning, do not take face value as your first impression mm-hmm. of someone. Do not, because me and my family are a victim of taking face value yeah. as their first impression because meeting someone once, twice, three times is not enough. No. It's not enough. And make dua, a lot of dua. Tell Allah exactly what you want in a man. Yes. Tell him. Oh my gosh. Every single detail, tell him. Allah knows what you want. Allah will not give you something that's bad for you. Mm. It's always going to be something that's good for you. And even, even what happened to me, it was good for me. Yeah. It was good for me because the strength I have now, two years ago, three years ago, I wouldn't have never had it. Mm. And like Allah says that he puts us through so much trial, so much trial because he loves us, not because he doesn't love us. Mm. And yeah, that's all I can say. Just keep making oh. dua. That's the one thing, one thing that every one of us are literally we all we don't need special powers. Mm. We don't need a special something. Allah has given it to us. Mm. He's given it to us and all he says is ask. Just ask and he will listen. Yeah, 100%. And if Allah knows what you want, you go you don't have a worry in the world. No. If he knows what you want and what you need, you've got nothing to worry about. And all you do is you do your part and then you just mm. leave the rest to Allah. There's no need to stress. No. Leave the rest to Allah. If you know you've done your part, yeah. if you know you've done your part, leave it to Allah. That's and that's amazing. an advice to myself first oh, and then to amazing. everyone else. Do you know what, Azra? We are literally running out of time. But I think we need to get you back on because I really, I'm really interested to know how you got yourself back on your feet with a baby. Because that is inspirational as well. So you have more to tell. Yeah. So we'll do that do. on another on another podcast. And um, inshallah. And definitely, like, there's so much that we can learn from you. Like, you're just so inspirational, and and I love the fact that you've, you know, you become who you we're meant to be and you're still becoming do you know what I mean like you yeah, are still I'm still evolving. developing yeah yeah every yeah. day you're you're getting to know you and more of you which is amazing yeah. and I can't wait to see you flourish I really can't because there's so much the world needs to hear about you and what you can offer and I know you're going to go on to do amazing things Azra I just know it inshallah and I, can... I have a lot of hope inshallah yeah good. Sure. dreams yeah definitely high standards yeah. I love that and um, thank you so much for being here. And I will definitely My pleasure. organize another date for us to do part two of this. Inshallah. Um, I'm really excited about it as well. So thank you Inshallah so much. for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. And do you know what, sisters around the world, because we are literally a global network, just want to say I hope you took some value from what Azra's story and whatever you're going through, knowing that if Azra can do it with a baby, Sisters, we can do anything. We can do anything. We We shouldn't be scared. Like, we should not live. I mean, everyone's got on their own journey. Everybody knows what, you know, what is right for them, what is not right for them. But, like, if Azra can do it with a baby, it just gives us hope that, you know what, we can, we're going to be okay. We are going to be okay. Allah's got our back. 
So sisters, wherever you are, hope you have a fabulous day. Um, Asalaamu Alaikum and Allah Hafiz Azra. Asalaamu Alaikum. Alaikum Asalaamu Alaikum.